0: Welcome to the Barbie Movies That Made Us on 90.3 KRNU. Today we will be discussing Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses. In an unnamed kingdom, King Randolph is politely informed that his daughters are not proper princesses. King Randolph hires Rowena to aggressively turn them into proper princesses. On the triplet's fifth birthday, they discover a secret garden. Rowena discovers this and attempts to destroy the portal to this place, So when she finishes slowly poisoning the king, she will be able to sit on the throne. Will our heroes be able to escape and save their father before it's too late?
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) This is Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses.
1: So Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses came out on September 19th, 2006. And it was the last one to be produced by Mainframe Entertainment. And it was also the last one to be made by Lionsgate. Because after this, Lionsgate dropped. And so this was the first one that was taken over by Universal, which is why every time I watch it, I think of the Land Before Time commercial that's on the DVD and then uh, the little Universal logo. Op- <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know the one. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> this one was also directed by Greg Richardson, the same director of the film from our last segment, which was Barbie Mag- Magic of the Pegasus. And I know you're wondering, guys, didn't you skip Barbie Mermaidia, The Barbie Diaries? Didn't you skip those? The answer is yes, we did. Because of sake of time with the school year coming up, we did skip Mermaidia because we briefly talked about it in our Fairy-topia segment as it is the sequel to fairy Fairy-topia. fairytopia and then we're also going to skip the film that comes after 12 dancing princesses which is barbie fairytopia magic of the rainbow also for sake of time and then same with fariposa which comes after every other one is basically a a sequel (laughs) but we're gonna skip mariposa as well also because we briefly covered it unfortunately if we had more time we do all of them except the barbie diaries why did we skip the Barbie Diaries? Obvious reasons. We discussed that in the first podcast. You, if you know, you know. If you know, and you know. And if you don't, good luck trying to find a copy of it to watch because you That's can't find true. it anywhere. But anyways, this one was also written by our iconic duo, Alana Lesser and Cliff Ruby, who also wrote Barbie Mermaidia and Barbie Princess and the Popper and Barbie as Rapunzel. Some of the most iconic work, if I do say so myself. And it's just so good. 12 Dancing so Princesses ranks on my list as, like, number two. It's very And high. it's like a hard yeah. pick between this and Princess and the Pauper. It's kind of going back to Barbie's roots in Nutcracker and Rapunzel and how it's not a musical, but it's music-driven and music-inspired. And the New York City Ballet also were helpful in the motion picture capturing of just like the movement for the dancing. And this one's the first one that's originally choreographed and it's breathtaking. And it's the gorgeous. soundtrack, the soundtrack is the gorgeous. soundtrack's iconic. The intro, the The opening clip of the sound of the intro, your brain just automatically knows what's going on. And the little song that Derek the cobbler plays on his flute while all of the girls dance in their new dancing shoes is just so iconic and memorable. All of them are so memorable. Even the individual nondescript frames. So the frames of setting where it's not the magical garden or any of the instantly net recognizable places. I sent, when I was re-watching this last week, cause I watched this the second I got home after last week's segment recording. And when I was watching this, I sent a picture of just the girls' bedroom outside the shot of just their window. And I sent it to one of my friends, shout out Macy, love you girl. I sent it to her and I was like, guess what Barbie movie this is? Guess what Barbie movie we're watching? And she responded, Back and she was like, Are you watching 12 Dancing Princesses? She knew immediately. And is that partially because it's her favorite Barbie movie? Yes. But also because it's just such a memorable set. This is one of the key ones where it's not just a reused castle. Even though some of the characters are iconically reused in this one, as you pointed out earlier, please, please tell them. Oh my gosh, tell them.
0: the opening shot is a messenger from a foreign kingdom telling King Randolph of this ball that he wants to invite King Randolph and the princesses of this unnamed kingdom to. And he's going off about the speech. And since we just watched Princess and the Popper, I immediately noticed that that is Preminger in a yeah. different outfit.
1: It really is. And Full we faith. also noticed, because we kind of got this mixed up, because we were thinking of different people, but the king's royal advisor, his his second-in-command dude and the line, green color that's that's julian yes <laughs> also for princess in the pop Yes. They reuse people, but they still make it iconic. And all of like the girls that you see as the other 12 dancing princesses <laughs> are also reused characters, especially our triplets, who are our iconic three little girls. Yep. Is Bullcut Boy in this? I don't think he is. I don't think he was.
0: I did not see our boy.
1: R.I.P. Bullcut Boy. Rip. Maybe one day we'll get him back. We'll have to see. Is he an island princess? He's got to be an island princess. He has to be. An island princess. <laughs> has now we to be. need to keep an eye out for Bull Cut Boy because yep. he was not in this film. Back to our three little girls. The song that they sing, mm-hmm. the birthday song. Today it is your birthday, and we sing to let you know that you will be queen for the day. Whatever you say goes. It's iconic. It's so iconic that every year on my birthday I pull it up on YouTube And I do my little dancey dance Mm -hmm. while listening to it on my birthday because today it is my birthday and I am queen for the day. That's just how it is. You can't have a birthday and not listen to the birthday song from Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses. No, you have to. You have to. It's required by law. And how dare Rowena bust in the door and cut off my song. Woman's infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. But no one, no one in this entire film as infuriating as that little monkey. I hate him. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This monkey is more annoying of an animal sidekick. More annoying than Tika from Barbie and the Island Princess. Those are fighting words right there. They are. But I said what I said and I will stand by it. This monkey, I feel like embodies... Every time a man has the audacity, and so every time I see him and I hear his little laugh, I know it's a children's movie, but I hate this monkey. He's He's horrible.
0: He's horrible. He's a snitch.
1: He is.
0: He has no respect for privacy. Or women. Or women.
1: Or Yeah, he snoops through people's stuff. Yeah. He's rude to Twyla. Unacceptable. Oh my god. I hate this monkey.
0: (laughs) He plucks out the feathers of our boy Felix,
1: the parrot. We love Felix! Yeah. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best literal wingman to ever have existed ever. my gosh. My favorite moment
0: of Felix wingmanning is when Derek's out here and he's just like watching our girls dance because he made the shoes and kind of doesn't know what to do. And Genevieve says, if only we had some music. And Felix pulls out this flute (laughs) from Derek's pocket and just says, you play, don't you? King. King behavior. And then Derek plays this little flute song and it's iconic.
1: It it really is, and every word that comes out of this parrot's mouth is iconic. He's not at Bibble level, but he's second. He's up there. He's gotta be for second, sure. at least two for for what I can think of right now. He's second of coolest animal sidekicks,
0: hundred percent. Because Felix was out there. He was out there helping th- his man, <laughs> the OG shipper
1: with his OTP, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I have not heard those words. I know it's been a since minute. 7th grade. Oh Wattpad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um but yeah, he he slayed absolutely. We love Felix in this house. And also the little intricate side plots of Rowena selling off the princess's mom's stuff because their mom's dead. Queen Isabella. Um, Queen Isabella like selling off her stuff because she has no money and it's yep. well known that she has no money and she sold it for poison. The fact that Derek was just like Genevieve goes up I love to this Derek man, and is just like hey so I saw Rowena I saw doing some Rowena. sketchy stuff. Do some sketchy stuff out this window. I know that it's a man named Mr. Fabian, and this is roughly what he looks like. Can you find him for me? And he is like, absolutely anything for you. Love you. Bye. And then he goes, and he literally trades his horse to get this. And then he walks two whole days back, pretty much nonstop, to get back to the castle to give her this, her mom's goblet back and the new information and that it was from an apothecary. And that's how we discover the poison. And also the iconicness that is their little magic dancey dance world. I was going to talk about that. It's gorgeous. It is. And the fact that one of the three little girls had this actual helping of the plot line she actually helps along the storyline like her yeah lacy the blonde one yeah with her clumsiness and she scrapes her knee when they're at the magic place and then they go to the little fountain and the magic water that she used to clean out her cut so it doesn't get infected heals her Yeah. And so she bottles some up for later because she knows she's going to fall again because same. And same. She uses it and that's how they make her dad all better.
0: Yeah. Her dad full died. Yeah. Pretty.
1: Almost. Like just about like his heart was probably barely beating at that point because after he passed out, they had a whole almost dance battle. (laughs) They had a dance battle. They had a fight scene. There was a fight scene, which was pretty cool, where Rowena used the magical flowers to make the armor statues that were empty dance and fight yes and then Rowena's just like I'm going to use I'm you I'm you're going to get your wish you're going to dance forever and ever and then she literally holds up a mirror Genevieve no. does and then just directs it right back at her no she Oh, wait, no, she fans it. Yeah. That's what it is. She fans it. She fans which is it funny back at Rowena. Because she, Rowena, there's this whole scene where Rowena takes everything colorful and unique about people and makes it dark and gray, which also actually is kind of a hint and has a message about taking away the individualism of a group of people Mm -hmm. to make them have less power. Yes. Which is also something that can be tied into things that are going on today. Mm -hmm. Taking away people's individualism in the school system. I'm kind of going (laughs) to go off on a little tangent here, but in the school system that we have now, we're basically trained to be robots, cogs in the capitalistic machine, where we're basically trained to be workers for yeah. the rest of our lives and that's why we have lunch breaks and scheduled school time and the bells when we clock out and all of this other stuff like that and things in school aren't meant the way that we have it now aren't meant to teach you creativity school basically teach us to be in void of all creativity and individuality and just be cogs in a machine because if we can't band together and we can't have individualistic thoughts and ideas then we can't fight back. And that's exactly what Rowena does. She Mm -hmm. takes away their individualism, all of their colors, their hobbies, the things that they like. She turns them from being in a circle in their bedroom facing each Mm -hmm. other to being in rows like a prison cell.
0: She also locks them in their room at one point.
1: Exactly. She's doing the same thing where she's devoiding them of individualism, creativity, so that they can't fight back against her. She doesn't let them get out so they can't get help. They can't think for themselves themselves you know they can't get new ideas she Mm -hmm. doesn't let them work together she doesn't let them talk or sing or dance takes away their hobbies their books which is a huge thing also she's kind of just really rude and angers me
0: she's also an actual duchess she's Mm -hmm. she's king randolph's cousin Yeah. So if she wanted more money, she could just ask King Randolph and he would give it to her.
1: Literally. She did not need to do this. Instead, she poisons him. Yes. How Shakespearean of her.
0: How Shakespearean of her.
1: How theater kid of her.
0: (laughs) One thing I took note of is I'm going to list all of the names of the 12 dancing princesses right now. We have... In order? Yes, in order. In birth order. We have Ashlyn Blair... Courtney, Delia, Edeline, Fallon, Genevieve, our main character, Hadley, Isla, Janessa, Kathleen, and Lacey. And they are all named in alphabetical order. Slip. We go A, B, C, D. Also, one of the advisors in the College of Arts and Sciences department, her name is Kathleen Lacey. <gasps> and oh my it- god! It literally, I, first time I heard that, I just only thought of the 12 dancing princesses and I don't have the heart to tell her, hey, your first and last name are from the
1: 12 dancing princesses. She's my advisor and I think I might tell her. Okay, you can if you want to. (laughs) Kathleen Lacey, if you hear this, Slay. Slay, I love you so much. I did tell her about this podcast, actually, during our last meeting. So maybe she is listening. Who knows? Hi. Hi. So Derek. We love him.
0: We love him. And here's the thing. I am a hopeless romantic Same. and I have over a decade of dance experience. Slay. If a man was out here like, yeah, let's dance together to get you out of this kingdom, I would have died. It, it's literally my dream and I have considered making that my first dance at my wedding.
1: Literally, yes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's so smart. Why didn't I think about that?
0: Now you have that idea. Slay. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he's such a genuine and kind person and the way that he figured out how the princesses were getting into this secret garden was so
1: smart was so
0: smart and he didn't eavesdrop or sneak in to watch other people like the monkey did he was just like oh this is my shoe wax.
1: Yeah. What's He's going like, on here? He's like, that's my shoe polish. And it's heavier here. Mm-hmm. And then once he like stepped there and he realized the pattern recognition, yeah. my king was literally like, oh, it's her dance that it's she was her doing. Dance Two days ago that I've been thinking about nonstop because it yep. was the last time I saw her. And then he does the little dance and the bird's like, how did you do that? You are magical, my good sir. So good. So good. Derek
0: slays, and the wedding at the end is incredible.
1: It really is. Mm-hmm. honestly.
0: I also really loved how intimate the ceremony was. It was just her and their family, mm-hmm. which is which you don't see at royal weddings.
1: And it wasn't like that in Princess and the Popper either. And
0: I think it's really
1: cool how
0: this movie felt a little more claustrophobic than any other movie has. Yeah, because it only ever takes place. In the castle and in the secret garden. Yeah. Which exactly mirrors the garden in the castle. Mm -hmm.
1: And usually the main spot that we see things isn't just in the castle, but there are mainly two spots that we see in the castle. There's one or two scenes of the dining hall that they have, their Mm -hmm. table. There's one scene or two in the king's bedroom when we first find out he's sick. And then there are brief snippets of it. And then there's, that's where the fight scene is. Yes. And then there's a couple scenes outside. But the main part where most of the action and plot development happens is in their bedroom, which they are confined to. And also, I think it might have to do with the fact that there aren't very many large exposition shots.
0: Yeah. We don't get, we get one wide shot and that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the only other ones that we get is during the chase scene. Yeah. When Derek's chasing down Mr. Fabian. To get the information and the goblin. Mm-hmm. We don't really get big pictures. Mm-hmm. We get small, close up, intimate moment type yes. shots.
0: And we don't get to see the village that they're ruling in. Like with Princess yeah. and the Popper, we saw Annalise, her last taste of freedom. Mm-hmm. She was walking through this area, and we've seen that in Rapunzel too. Yeah. It just felt more confined, and I feel like that is such a cool directorial choice Mm -hmm. to make. I'm going to strip you of your individuality, and now you're going to feel suffocated.
1: Yeah, and like you have no escape out.
0: Mm -hmm. So the next thing I wanted to point out is Desmond, because we haven't talked about him. And I think he has human Shrek energy, and I don't know how else to explain that. I
1: I thought he was giving like crunk energy, but with less (gasps) screen time.
0: You know what? You're you're probably more accurate. He's
1: giving Krunk Himbo but with less screen yes. time. Like if he had more screen time, he would be Krunk. Probably he would be Barbie's Krunk. Barbie's Krunk. Yeah. I love that for In him. case you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Krunk from Emperor's New Groove. As if you've been living under a hole and have never seen that for some reason. Mm-hmm. They have the same type of vibe as Krunk and Isma, except Rowena's not terrifying beyond all reason to look at. Yes. I digress. He gives crunk vibes. He gives I love crunk that vibes. Him. That's actually how I described it, to When I was re-watching this, I was re-watching it with my boyfriend. This is the third Barbie film that he has seen. He has seen Rapunzel, Magic of the Pegasus, and... 12 dancing princesses and we watched magic of the pegasus first and that's the one that he ranks third and then he ranked 12 dancing princesses second and rapunzel as of right now is still his favorite out of all of them which i thought was a choice because i wouldn't have ranked them like that yeah but when i was telling him him that guy right there that's crunk and he was like oh okay okay I I, i see it for sure if he had more screen time he would definitely be more of crunk himbo vibes But also, can we just talk about the transition between when... They're all putting their stuff away for bed. And one yeah. of the girls, I'm pretty sure it's Kathleen, putting her bugs away. The, all of the spiders and whatever are in their They're cases. Pew. And it does a close-up on the spider. <gasps> it's so and good. And then the box turns into the roof
0: of Rowena's carriage. The transitions in this movie are incredible.
1: They really are. It's a cinematic masterpiece, honestly, especially mm-hmm. with this low budget and also coming out in 2005. Yes. I was too. <laughs> I was was a child i was barely having cognitive thoughts Mm -hmm. they were popping off with this movie Mm -hmm. they really were with the transitions especially the symbolism of going a zoom in close on a spider and then turning it into the roof of the carriage of our villain yes so good who honestly gives spider vibes
0: yeah 100%. 100%.
1: Like she does. Not she kind of has way... Black Widow vibes. Yeah. Not in the way that Coraline's other mother mm-hmm. gives spider vibes, because mm-hmm. that's terrifying and no child should ever see that movie, in my opinion. Not in that way, but mm-hmm. in a more subtle way. Like she yeah. gives spider vibes.
0: I did take a note that Rowena is very guest-like Gatekeep girl boss.
1: So Absolutely.
0: those are the vibes we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But not in a nice way. Yes. Because Bibble is gaslight gatekeep girl boss, and Barbie, in general, is gaslight yes. gatekeep girl boss, but Rowena is the evil side of gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss, but in a not ironic way. Yes, like in a literal way,
0: like in a gaslight gatekeep poison the king way. <laughs> yeah. So, this story is also it's about Genevieve, but it's also mostly about king randolph's inability to connect with his daughter daughters after his wife passes yeah and i feel like this is mostly prevalent in the beginning where
1: mm-hmm.
0: he has 12 dancing princesses they all really love to dance and ballet
1: and have their each individual hobbies yeah, interests
0: which come in later at the end which i will discuss after yeah. mentioning that when the advisor who was julian from mm-hmm. Princess and the Popper, comes in and says that the royal cobbler is here. All of the princesses stand up and rush out. King Randolph just says, they're just shoes. And everyone turns to him and says, just shoes. They
1: all take a collective gasp. Yeah, they're like, <gasps> just shoes. shoes. Which
0: I know is like, <laughs> women love shoes. Huh? Yeah. But when something you adore arrives... It is a very giddy feeling. Yeah. And especially for Genevieve, who has a crush on the cobbler, you need to go out there and get those shoes immediately.
1: Yeah. And it's not. And they even say it that they're not just shoes. They're dancing dancing shoes. shoes. Yes. So they're not even just the object of shoes. It's what the shoes allow you to do.
0: Yeah. And what they represent.
1: And dancing and freedom.
0: And in some ways, their connection to their mother.
1: Yeah, because their mother loved to dance. Mm-hmm. And to sing. And it was their mom's garden and yes. I love the storybook detailing yes. of it it's gorgeous and how they each get a storybook on their fifth birthday and then all of their designated flowers match up maybe it's just the uh, neurodivergent in me but yeah. I really like how they all had designated flowers and they were too. all color coded mm-hmm. um, that made that made my brain feel really nice
0: it was a happy <laughs> brain moment
1: it was it was mm-hmm. and I loved how all of their flowers was matched up with a floor tile, which is how they created the dancing from one tile to another that opened the cool portal to the other world. I also thought, okay, so my dad, he does tile for a living. Props to you, Justin, go you. But he does tile for a living. And so as someone who has gone to jobs with him, helped him with different jobs, I really appreciate tile work in a way that I feel like most people are like, oh, that's pretty. And I'm like, the ground? is evenly spaced yeah (laughs) like just in a way that is not like normal people and not in a i'm not like other girls kind of way but in a like i don't feel like other people actually look at that yeah and see like the spacers in between the grout were so evenly spaced and it's not like uneven and i'm just like that's very well done and so when i see that tile work and the amount of less like tiles and more like a mosaic on the yes like stained glass on the floor but made out of tile Mm. and it's so beautifully done It's gorgeous 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 absolutely and i just love the way that the tiles turn into stepping stones that lead them to the magical world and there's the fairy boat ride and then the same exact tile circular dance floor area is in their mom's special garden Mm -hmm. and is also in the magical other world yes and I feel like all of that together is just really cool.
0: I agree. I also think something that's really cool is the when they are on their way to defeat Rowena and they're trying to get into the castle, Rowena has been made queen and there are guards stationed everywhere with essentially a hit on their head. Yeah. They're supposed to go to the royal jail if they're caught, and when they are trying to get into the castle, all of them use their individual skills to get into it. Mm-hmm. Blair is an incredible writer. She's criticized by Rowena for having mud on her dress because she had been
1: riding earlier, mm-hmm. and she's the one who... Hops on the horse and goes and gets help. Yes. Like the doctor.
0: And the two... Twins on stilts, Hadley and Isla, are being chased by these knights and...
1: They trick them.
0: They trick them by making the knights think they're walking on the garden wall. They're walking on stilts. These so knights then fall the knights into a hedge. Fall. Yeah. And they all use the things that made them special it to defeat them Rowena. Unique. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's really cool because I think the main theme of this movie is individuality. Yes. And the importance of it. And that's what they use like that's what's taken from them and then it's also what they use to free their dad and free themselves and get their happy ending and all of this other wonderful great stuff yep. and defeat the bad guy right and it's just so important that we learn individuality but we also need to learn that it's okay to be like other girls. Yes, 100%. Because, like, I know for me personally, there were times when I was a little girl and I rejected pink because I liked blue now. And blue is and always will be my favorite color. But right now, I'm wearing pink and flowers and pink glittery eyeshadow on my eyelids. Yeah. So we have, we have come full circle and we have healed. But there's just that rejection of femininity. Yeah, of femininity and of things that make you like other girls. I remember when I was young and everyone was freaking out over One Direction and I was like, I don't like One Direction. And then now I like One
0: Direction. Yeah, and now you have a Harry Styles bag. I do have a Harry
1: Styles tote bag. Um, It's just one of those things where we need to appreciate individualism and creativity, but we also don't have to be afraid to be like everyone else. Mm -hmm. You can, like Taylor Swift... You can. You should like Taylor Swift. You should like Taylor Swift. Yeah. You should do the things that make you individual and wear your sparkly eyeshadow mm-hmm. and bring your stuffed animals with you to school, even in college. Yes. And put your silly little stickers on your pink iPad. I'm being very specific to myself, I'm just mm-hmm. letting you know. and drive around on your pink light-up scooter Mm -hmm. and carry around your Harry Styles tote bag and be unapologetically yourself. Even if who you are is like other girls. Exactly. Yes. Yes, and I think that that is what makes this movie amazing. I agree.
0: So do you have your Bibble score? I
1: do. Okay. You can go first, though, because you always go first. (laughs) All
0: right, so I rated this a 9 out of 10 Bibbles. Slay, slay,
1: slay. Elaborate.
0: (laughs) Elaborate. I just... That monkey, I could not no stand him. real. I could not stand so him. Real for that. I wanted to punch him through the TV screen. You're right. You're and right. And you're supposed to hate your villains. It was distracting for me, but everything Absolutely. else was perfection.
1: I, I agree. I was going to rate it 10 out of 10 just because I know I rank it second. And yeah. I rated Magic of the Pegasus 10 out of 10. And so by law, technically, I would yeah. have to rate it. 10 out of 10 in order to keep my ranking correct. But you're right. That monkey needs to die. Yeah. So we're gonna give it a nine out of ten Bibbles on this one. Actually, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half, just cause everything else was so good. Yeah. Thank
0: you for joining us on the Barbie movies that made us on 90.3 K R N U. Next week we will be discussing
1: Barbie and the Island Princess, our second musical with an amazing soundtrack. So you guys are in for an absolute treat and maybe even a little sing-along. Who's to say? Who's to say? (laughs)